I think we timed this up perfectly. So we've got the Just Baseball Hall of Fame ballot release, pretty much. Mm -hmm. This is our minds being put together to punch yes. out our Hall of Fame ballot, the 10 guys that we voted for, because yes, we do believe that you should vote for 10 guys. We do. Um, and right, we do. And that comes on New Year's Eve. That's perfect. It comes on New Year's Eve. Well, happy New Year's Eve, everybody. And But the actual Hall of Fame ballot, uh, for 2022 isn't going to be announced until January 5th. So we're getting it out a month early because we're speedy. Why like not? That. Why not? Right. We ought, we've, we've talked about every single guy except four, and I'm excited to go over Barry Bonds and Todd Helton. Who you got? I got Kurt Schilling and Andrew Jones. I'm, I'm excited for Kurt Schilling for different reasons. Yeah, me too. It'll be interesting. Um, what are you doing for New Year's Eve? Anything good? No, well, I was supposed to go to Vegas, um, you know, spend it with the boys, do some not gambling. But shout out my not gambling advice shirt, by the way, which you can find in yeah. the link to this episode. But we're starting off with a plug. We're about two minutes in. Two minutes in, more plugs to come. The only problem is the Omicron is, is kind of going rabid a little bit. So uh, we think crowded casinos, you know, where they lock you in on purpose so you can't leave. Might not be the most ideal, even though I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, but my friends, you know, some of them don't want to go, which is understandable, I guess. I guess. I I understand it. Um, I do. What, what sucks is, so, you know, Arm and I just did the Twins Prospects the night that I came back from Cabo. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to test negative to get back into the States. We tested negative, all that jazz. I come back on the 28th in anticipation of Ball State basketball on the 29th. Ball So Hard University. And both Ball So Hard University. And both the men's and women's games got canceled. So we're mm. looking at, I want to say the night of the 28th, there were 30 Division One men's basketball games scheduled, and I think 12 happened. Like, mm. this sucks. Yeah. And I would say, if I were to set a not gambling line mm -hmm. on a college football playoff game not happening... I'd say it's like minus 200 right now that one of the semifinals or the national title game doesn't happen. And I don't want to say that because I really want to see them. We just saw on Monday Night Football, the Dolphins play the Saints. And the Saints basically fielded a practice squad because I think 21 players were out due to COVID. It's like, is it even worth it at some points to watch football like that? Is I don't know. It? Like... Did you have interest in watching Ian Book start an NFL football game? The gap between an actual NFL quarterback and a decent college quarterback is huge. And you know what that made me think? You know when we always say, could the Jacksonville Jaguars beat Alabama at their peak? That Watching that game made me think that the Jaguars would win 50-0. to zero. I mean, yes. it was just night and day. The Dolphins had the Saints number like nobody's business. But what are you doing for New Year's? Anything fun? 
Uh, I'm working on the first. As of right now, we've got a game that is going to happen. So I'm going to sit on my ass and watch uh, Georgia-Michigan. By the way, shout out the dogs in Stetson-Bennett we trust. (laughs) Um, Apparently, they're going to go with Stetson-Bennett and not JT Daniels. The situation, if it calls for JT Daniels, they'll make that move. I don't know. It's kind of weird to think that you could be going to a national title game with a with a severe identity crisis at quarterback going on. But that's what Georgia has done all year long, and the defense bailed him out until the Alabama game. And I think Bama's just going to waltz their way to a national title, COVID permitting. So you think Bama's going to take it up? I think easy. It does seem like that. I mean, I haven't watched a ton of college football this year, but whenever I turn on an Alabama game and Bryce Love is throwing it down the field, you got Nick Saban on the sidelines and that defense, and you got, you know, five-star backups continually just working their way back in. It seems like it might be Alabama's year again, even though Georgia, but, you know, Bama. Bryce Love, the Heisman hopeful running back at Stanford, turned mediocre Green Bay Packer. It's Bryce Young, the Heisman winner, Peter. You are obviously a Sunday guy. You said yeah. Bryce Love. Bryce Love, same thing. Bryce Young, Bryce Love. We know who Bryce... I'm talking about. Yeah, we we know about the Heisman winner. <laughs> Even, though Even though I don't. Even though I don't. Oh, well. Hey, so you and I got down uh, these rabbit holes. I got down Andrew Jones and Kurt Schilling. You got down Todd Helton and Barry Bonds. Before we started recording, you said, I've got so much stuff I got to lay out about Barry Bonds. So much. And I just I just put out a tweet of Andrew Jones's career splits with Atlanta and elsewhere, and it's just drastic. I mean, this guy, he, he broke into the bigs at 19 years old with the Braves. His final year was his age 30 season, and then 31 through like 36, 37, he just sucked when he wasn't a Brave. <laughs> so he gave all of his good baseball. To the Atlanta Braves. But, I mean, some of these numbers that you were just punching out on Bonds are are video game to rookie level, and then you still have some work to do to be that good. And I don't want to ruin it right now, but when you look at Barry Bonds' career pre-steroids, he was already a Hall of Famer, maybe even first ballot when you actually look at the numbers. And you know, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But what I will say is, Barry Bonds was a definitive Hall of Famer before he even took steroids. So what you're going to see yeah. is the greatest player, or one of the greatest players. When you take juice, you become the alpha. You become the omega. It's unbelievable. I I told you I have a hot take, uh, and and it's along those lines. But should we just jump right into these four? I think we just jump right in. I could start with Todd Helton, or you could start with Andrew Jones. How do you want to go? I don't know. Um, let's save Helton. I'll do Andrew Jones, then you do Helton, then I do Schilling, then you do Bonds. Cool. Let's roll. Uh, so we're going to do these four guys like we have been doing. We're going to rehash some of the yeses that we gave, and we're going to give you our ballot where we pick 10 guys that Absolutely. we'd be voting for if just baseball had a ballot. So I'll get us rolling with Andrew Jones right now. Uh, Mark Bowman, uh, the beat writer for the Braves on MLB.com, did the digging here. From 1998 to 2007, Andrew Jones was third in all of baseball in war. Over that 10-year stretch, only Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez were better than Andrew Jones. Chipper Jones, first ballot Hall of Famer, was fourth. More lists. This one from John Morosi. Center fielders to win 10 or more gold gloves. Ken Griffey Jr., Willie Mays, Andrew Jones. This list from Sarah Langs. All players with 10 or more gold gloves and 400 or more home runs. Willie Mays, Ken Griffey Jr., 
Mike Schmidt, and Andrew Jones. The other three were first ballot guys. Let's also point out that over that 10-year stretch we're talking about from 1998 to 2007, he did not miss games. Jones played in 150-plus games every year for a decade straight and 160-plus in four of those 10 years. In that 10-year stretch, he logged 100-plus RBIs five times, 35-plus home runs five times, 30 or more doubles five times. He wrecked big league pitching while playing some of the best defense in the outfield we have ever seen in Major League history. Here's where the opposite flip of the coin rears its head. In that 10-year stretch, he hit north of 280 once. He had an OPS north of 900 twice. He's a career 254 hitter with a 337 OBP and an 823 OPS. His numbers took a nosedive after that 10-year stretch. After his 12 years in Atlanta, he spent one with the Dodgers, one with the Rangers, one with the White Sox, and then two with the Yankees to wrap up his career. He hit 158 with a 505 OPS in 75 games with the Dodgers. In his final four years in the American League, he hit 221 and never played more than 110 games. He sucked at the end, and that probably left a sour taste in the voters' mouths. But this guy's peak was so unbelievably dominant, and his 62.7 B-War is more than Mark McGuire, Vlad Guerrero Sr., and the majority of guys that we've already said yes to on this year's ballot. He received 34% of the vote last year. The Hall of Fame ballot tracker run by Ryan Thibodeau has him at 51% in year five. 434 home runs, 10 gold gloves is enough for him to get my vote personally. And this guy, though he sucked at the end, you have to think about the peak. And a 10-year peak is good enough for me. Gorgeous. Gorgeous way of saying it. I... What comes down to me, I would easily put Andrew Jones in my Hall of Fame. And if you told me, Jack, that this player X was probably the greatest defensive center fielder we've ever seen and 434 home runs, that's almost enough. Like, that yeah. should be enough. We've talked about Omar Vizquel and the fact that we don't think he should make it kind of based on the offense, but an incredible defender. Andrew Jones was that incredible defender, plus the incredible hitter. He has to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't, it's only for me, it's between first ballot or just a regular Hall of Famer. That's that's the question, not if he's a Hall of Famer or not. Right, and, and he's on year <clears throat> five right now. I think that his numbers are just going to continue to climb, and he could be that that Larry Walker, right? That eighth or ninth mm-hmm. year he gets in. Um, you know, with Andrew Jones and the Omar Vizquel thing, Andrew Jones had something that Omar Vizquel never dreamed of having, and that was a good offensive career. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously the batting average and the OBP are, are nowhere close to where you think a Hall of Famer should be, but if you hit 434 home runs across, what was it, 17 years in Major League Baseball? I mean, 434 and you're one of the greatest defensive players of all time? Do it. And I understand the hit accumulation for Vizquel, but the difference between 434 home runs across 17 years and nearly 3,000 hits, but across like a bajillion years. Yeah. And oh, by the way, you kind of sucked the entire time offensively. That's a big difference. You just talked about OPS. Like Andrew Jones' career 823 OPS versus Omar Vizquel, who's in the 600s. Yeah. 
Like, that's an incredible size difference, and the gap between them as defenders is not so big. Very minimal. Very minimal. Very Granted, minimal. one of them is a shortstop, and shortstops, defensive shortstops are, are more appealing but to voters. But it's center field, too. It's like yeah. the other most premium position. If you're talking catcher, yeah. shortstop, center field, it's right there as well. Think, think about this, though. Like I just said, during that 10-year stretch, he was the third best player in baseball, if you're looking at war. Bonds, A-Rod, Andrew Jones, Chipper Jones. It should be kind of over after that. Over. You look at the Jaws scale, and that's yeah. something that a lot of Hall of Fame voters use. Jaws, that's Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs, he kind of created that. And, and Jaws takes into account a seven-year peak, and you're looking at war. Yeah. And that's a big, big chunk of where the Jaws scale rates you. Seven-year peak? Jones has a 10-year peak to show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's nothing else to say. It's like you have one of the best defenders ever at the one of the most premium positions who also was prolific offensively and should be in the Hall of Fame. That's why do it. you think why do you think he wasn't getting votes? I genuinely have no idea. Like I I don't have a good answer. I it, guys are turning in blank ballots. Did you see the one today? It was like the the guy's first year voting, and the only player he checked off was Kurt Schilling. I'm blanking on the name right now. What the, What is that? What is that? Why do these guys get the opportunity to vote, and why? What are you doing? I don't know. I, I'm so frustrated with these people that have the power. There should be like a vetting process. You should be critiqued on your ballot. And there, I understand that there is no such thing as a right ballot and a wrong ballot. Jason Stark said that on one of our sister podcasts, Outside the Box. He said that there's no such thing as a right and wrong ballot. It's just your ballot. But there are some ballots that just piss everybody off. And it doesn't appreciate the greatness of Major League Baseball and its rich history. You look at the ballot here, and there are so many guys that encapsulate that rich, beautiful history of baseball. And you know what? Scrap beautiful. Sometimes it's the ugly history of baseball. On this ballot, you have guys that are the poster boy for the ugliest period of Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they are still poster boys for a period in Major League Baseball. Scrap the adjective entirely. Why not give them a little bit of consideration? I mean, listen, if you're going to vote for strictly Kurt Schilling, one, you're an asshole. And two, why isn't Todd Helton or Jeff Kent getting your vote? That's who you're voting for. Where? Uh, first of all, you're right. But also, piggybacking off that, where is the logic in a ballot with Barry Bonds and not Roger Clemens? Where is the logic with a ballot with someone like even David Ortiz has been tracked with steroids with some of these guys? Never, never tested positive unless it was an anonymous test, which we don't exactly know what he tested positive for. Where is the logic between Hall of Famers? Why can't we all have a system where this is how we vote? And then based off those decisions that we all make as a baseball community, then you can piece together your ballot. But what I've never heard a good reason for the logic between some 
of the Hall of Famers that did steroids and some that did not when they're both equally prolific. I don't understand it. Yeah, I I mean, these empty ballots, I just, I don't think you can look me in the eye and tell me to my face that there's not a Hall of Famer on this ballot. You can't. Barry there Bonds are, is on this ballot. In our opinion, there are 14 or 15 Hall of Famers on this ballot. Yep. And maybe, the, I, don't, I don't think that's a generational gap here. I don't. Yes, we're 23 years old. I don't think... Oh, wait, you're 24. 24. Happy belated. Thank you. Yeah, we already <laughs> wished you a happy birthday. You did. It's all um, <laughs> But, but it, we are 23 and 24 years old. I don't think there's this generational gap because contrary to popular belief, we actually like reading about the old guys. We go to the Sabre Bio Project and read about them. We go to their baseball reference page and learn about them. We want to learn about the period that you glorified, that you said these were the good old days. We want to find out if those were actually the good old days. And then we turn around and watch Fernando Tatis Jr. hit three bombs and swipe two backs. Like, we think our golden days are right now. If you think your golden days were back then, we've read about them. We've watched them. We've listened to podcasts about them. We understand where you are coming from. We just disagree with you. And I think you should, instead of just shutting us out, instead of shutting out the younger generation, who, by the way, your sport depends on, you should listen to them and give a shit about what they're saying. I'm leaving it at that and moving on to Todd Helton because I couldn't word it any better than you, Mr. Jack McMullen. Cool. Thanks. Todd Helton played 17 fantastic seasons at first base for the Colorado Rockies, so it begs the question, how much did Coors Field aid in his incredible numbers? Well, we know one stat that contextualizes era and park factor pretty well. That's WRC+. He finished his career with a 132 WRC+. To give you an idea where he stacks up in that category among future or current Hall of Famers, Albert Pujols finished with a 141 WRC+. Rod Carew, same exact WRC plus as Todd Helton. And Eddie Murray, another Hall of Famer who hit over 500 home runs, finished with a lower WRC plus at 127. But let's just go back to the regular stats. Todd Helton was just a really good hitter, no matter the atmosphere. He got the classic 300, 400, 500 slash line, which describes the ideal hitter in baseball. Todd Helton finished his career with a war of 61.8, which is higher than fellow first base Hall of Famers like Harmon Killebrew and Hank Greenberg, two amazing players. Todd Helton, though, he never finished in the top four of MVP voting, but his steadiness and consistency throughout his career carry enough weight to put him firmly in the Hall of Fame discussion. He's a three-time Gold Glover. He's a five-time All-Star. He finished his career with over 2,500 hits and 369 home runs. He should be a Hall of Famer. But the ballot gets very difficult if we allow some of these premier players who were linked to steroids. Unfortunately, when I'm going through our ballot, he might be the 11th guy when we only have 10 spots to fill. I agree. Mm. Ah, I hate saying that. I hate it too. I mean, you look at his numbers, the fact that he did this cleanly. Yeah. I mean, In 2000, same, 2001. Yeah. Same mm. era, right? 2000, 2001, he had back-to-back years with an 1100 OPS. 
Let me pull up Colby Olson, our boy, put out a great tweet about this. So runs created from 1993 to 2004. Barry Bonds was number one with 1,053. Todd Helton was number two with 978. And that list goes number three, Manny Ramirez at 838. Alex Rodriguez at 835. And Carlos Delgado at 815. Carlos Delgado, that's a name. That's but that's what I think about Jordan Alvarez currently right now. Carlos Delgado? Yeah, Jordan Alvarez. Huh, fair. So I, when you when you hear that list and you hear the difference in the overall runs created, you you see Bonds, Big Gap, Hilton, Big Gap, everybody else. Manny A Rod. Not every, yeah. like, not like everybody else. Like there's just a bunch of guys thrown in there. Manny no, no, Ramirez no, exactly. and Alex Rodriguez. Right. Like that peak was unfreakingly. This guy who hit 370 in a season. He's a career 316 hitter. This is one of the best bat-to-ball guys. But I, the other guys that are ballot, I think I I would just choose over him. So, but that doesn't mean that he's not a Hall of Famer. Like he should be a Hall of Famer. Right. He 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 needs to be a Hall of Famer at some point. He's just not getting on our ballot because he's the first one off by just a slim margin. He's a career you mentioned a career three sixteen hitter with a ninety eight point jump in OBP, four fourteen OBP. He walked more than he struck out in his career. Like you look at Gary Sheffield. Um. Another guy who walked more than he struck out for his career. Steroids. But you may see Gary Sheffield on our ballot. 500 home runs, 250 stolen bases, only four players in history. Willie Mays, A-Rod, and Bonds, and Gary Sheffield. This is the type of talent that we're dealing with. It's no slight to Todd Helton. Todd Helton has a Hall of Fame resume and should be in the Hall of Fame. But if we're looking at just 10 guys from this entire ballot, he's 11th. And you'll see why when we go through the names. So don't click off the podcast now. because And if you disagree with the 10 names in front of Todd Helton, by all means, let us know. But from what we've looked at, it seems like 10 guys are just right above him. If you click off the podcast now knowing that our ballot <laughs> is to come at the end, I mean, we're, we're going to be in a fight. Like, you're not, you're not friends with us anymore. You're not invited <laughs> to my birthday party. Um. Man, I mean, his 162-game average. By the way, I, there's some serious, serious uh, intrigue there in, in terms of getting my vote just because he spent his entire career in one place. Love that. He also spent his He's entire Mr. career Rocky. at Coors. He's Mr. Rocky. Yeah, I understand. God, like, that's so yeah, like, hard. Oh. This guy's 100 and, granted, playing at Coors, this guy's 162-game average, 43 doubles, 27 bombs, 101 oh. driven in. But cores, <laughs> cores. So how many do you take off each? Like, do you take off know. six doubles and five bombs and twenty RBIs? I don't know. Cores is harder than steroids. Like cores is natural steroids. Cores is natural steroids. Not quite, but I mean, it's you ever <laughs> like how many doubles? I mean, that's the part about Coors Field. It's not that this field is so small and it's so easy to hit home runs. 
no, this field is vast throughout the outfield. And the ball carries. And And the air is thin as shit. So the ball can just carry through the gaps. That's why the Rockies need to get some athletic outfielders who can play those gaps and and lock down some of those doubles instead of continually starting Charlie Blackman in center field, who is on his last legs. But then again, they don't care. They might resign Trevor Story for no reason. Right. (laughs) Think about how easy Kevin Kiermeyer would be winning gold gloves if he played for the Rockies. He might might win a batting title if he played for the Rockies, too. Wow. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier, like with, with that type of range, with that type of jump, I mean, this guy, he would have the chance to make a sports center top 10 play every night. Every night. Every, Jackie Bradley Jr. should go to Colorado every night. And he'll hit instead of like a pitcher. Should we do shilling? Let's do shilling. God. Uh, fine. I don't want to, okay. but I'm going to do it. He doesn't even want you to do it. No, he he hates (laughs) me for doing this. Kurt Schilling. Who could forget the bloody suck in the 2004 World Series, in the 2007 World Series, and maybe even the 2001 World Series MVP? Kurt Schilling was a six-time All-Star and a three-time World Series champ who threw more than 3,200 innings in a big league uniform. Nine times in Kurt Schilling's 20-year career, he eclipsed 200 innings, including four times north of 250 innings. He was a two-time strikeout king, hitting the 300K threshold three times in his career. He was a career 3.46 ERA guy, and his 80.5 pitching war ranks 26th all-time, ahead of Tom Glavin, ahead of our king, Old Hoss Radborn, Jim Palmer, Doc Halliday, Bob Feller, list goes on. Wow. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. Schilling got canned by ESPN in 2016 for offensive posts on Twitter about North Carolina's bill restricting trans people from using their associated gender's public restroom. In November of 2016, he tweeted a picture of a shirt at a Trump rally that read, quote, Rope Tree Journalist, Some Assembly Required, and oh. captioned it, quote, Okay, so much awesome here, end quote. Instead of apologizing after the fact, he replied to pushback in a civil manner by his standards, saying, quote, It's actually a joke, you clown, end quote. Then, Schilling claimed that Adam Jones of the Baltimore Orioles was lying about experiencing racial abuse at Fenway Park, which we have confirmed is something that actually happens. Then in 2021... When he offered support for the Capitol insurrection on January 6th, he tweeted, quote, You cowards sat on your hands, did nothing while liberal trash looted and rioted and burned for Air Jordans and big screens. Sit back, shut up, and watch folks start a confrontation for shit that matters, like rights, democracy, and the end of government corruption. Hashtag, it's happening. Ugh. Schilling has made it clear in several statements that he wished to be taken off the ballot for his final year this cycle. He received 71.1% of the vote last year, missing induction by less than 20 checked boxes in his name. He's down to 68% right now on the ballot tracker. If he makes it, he wants his yes to come from the Veterans Committee. From him on Facebook, quote, I am requesting to be removed from the ballot. I'll defer to the Veterans Committee and men whose opinion actually matters and who are in a position to actually judge a player. 
I don't think I'm a Hall of Famer, as I've often stated, but if former players think I am, then I'll accept that with honor. Kurt Schilling, really good pitcher, one of the 30 best pitchers of all time, but a bona fide piece of shit. <laughs> um, some assembly required, huh? He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I don't even think whatever side of the political spectrum you sit on, I don't think there's any debate that this is just not that good of a dude. Like you this can even a, you can even agree with the insurrection, and I think even the way he goes about it, even people who agree with the insurrection would still be like, this guy's kind of a dickhead. You can be on the left, you can be on the right. He's on the alt right, and we know that the alt right is dangerous. The alt left is dangerous. Like it, just being alt anything is pretty dangerous. And the fact, I mean, yeah. not only are you going to sit on that side because we don't want to bring political beliefs. Like you can have your own political beliefs. You could be alt right all you want, but it's the way yeah, you go about it. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Right. He's not political, and it's the way you go about it. You're shoving it down people's throats, and like there's no room for that. And if you're telling me you shouldn't be a hall of famer and you don't want to be a Hall of Famer, and our opinions don't matter, there are too many good players for me to then consider you. That's just the bottom yeah. line. I, I'm glad we agree on this. Um, and the thing is, a lot of people want to... I don't want to say look away from that, but a lot of people just want to acknowledge what he did on the field because what he did on the field was Hall of Fame worthy. Hall of Famer. But... Hall of Famer on the field. But but you can hurt... like. Omar Vizquel has had a 25-vote drop right now. He's lost 25 votes from last year to this year. That's the second most lost votes of all time. Schilling's nowhere close to that right now. He was at 71% last year. He's at 68% this year. You know, he's losing this 3% because of what he said about the capital insurrection. But it just, just going that? back to the I mean, point. it has to be everything, too. Like it's, well, it it's, it's everything. That. But yeah. the thing is, like, every, everything else came out before last voting cycle. So this voting cycle... What he has added to his list, his laundry list of cons, is his comments regarding the Capitol insurrection. Yes. So I'm almost you know, thinking if you're if you're a journalist that even agrees with his political takes, but then you hear that rope tree some assembly required for journalists, you could even agree with him and still be like, nope, you're still out. Dude, it's I don't know. Just going back to the political thing one more time. It's what Kurt Schilling is doing is not political. It's just villainous. Mm -hmm. Like Kurt Schilling is Riling just trying to incite shit. Yep. Yeah. So I, I'm not for that. We're Me leaving Vizquel off because he was questionable with his on-field accolades. And then he totally fucked his case um, by being an asshole. That's Schilling. But Schilling was for sure a Hall of Famer. And now, how badly did he fuck his case by being an asshole? And I think he fucked it enough for us to leave him off. Totally agree. Boom. All right. Let, I, I'm just going to give you the floor for Bonds. Let's do it. Barry Bonds. This might be the greatest player we've ever seen in our sport. And yes, he's clearly a steroid guy. But what he did before steroids was truly remarkable. So written in the book Game of Shadows, Bonds began using steroids after the 1998 season when he saw the home run race between Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. 
he had played 13 seasons at that point. He already won three MVPs. He compiled a 99.9 war, 411 home runs, and a 159 WRC+, and ranked first in runs created over that span with 1,630. Paul Molitor was next closest with 1,310, and he's in the Hall of Fame. But Barry wanted to break the home run record, and when he juiced up, 2001 to 2004 was one of the most incredible stretches in professional sports history. He won four straight MVPs, tallying seven for his career, and giving him more MVPs in that stretch than any player in their entire career. Colby told me this one. In 2001, he had a home run in six straight games. Not once, but twice. He finished that season in 2001 with 73 home runs, an MLB record for a season. Barry Bonds walked 755 times from 2001 to 2004. Mike Trout has 865 walks in his 11-year career and has a 419 on base percentage. Barry Bonds has more intentional walks in his career than the entire Tampa Bay Rays franchise. Barry Bonds is the all-time leader in home runs at 762, but he also stole 514 bases. That's more stolen bases than Ichiro Suzuki, Roberto Alomar, Carl Crawford, the list goes on. Not only is he the only player in MLB history with 500 home runs and 500 stolen bases, but he's also the only player with 400 home runs and 400 stolen bases. And just to make things a bit more hilarious, he won eight gold gloves. He's one of the better defensive outfielders in history. He was the ultimate fantasy player. The only way he wouldn't make the Hall of Fame is, of course, steroids. But come on now. Just look at what the man did. And I got more. I got more keep stats going. that I could just throw at you. I mean, I'll keep going. From April 8th, 2001. And this is this is all a lot from Colby. Colby and I were talking a ton about it this morning. From April 8th, 2001 to June 7th, 2001. Barry Bonds hit 31 home runs in a span of 50 games. God. The most over a 50-game span ever. In 2001... He had 10 games in which he hit two home runs and two games with three home runs in a season. Here are your best OPS plus seasons since 1986. One to four is Barry Bonds from 2001 to 2004. He owns all of them. Five is 1998 Mark McGuire. Six is 1994 Frank Thomas. Seven is 1993 Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds has the second-best non-steroid OPS plus season since 1986. He's fourth all-time in war, but first among solely hitters because the three above him are Babe Ruth, Walter Johnson, and Cy Young, who were all pitchers at some point. Barry Bonds stole 224 bases from 1989 to 1994, which is 874 games. Billy Hamilton stole 301 bases from 1989 
from 2014 to 2021 in 898 games. Wow. In 2004, Barry Bonds reached base more times than he had at bats. He had 617 plate appearances, 129 hits on 373 at bats with 232 walks. He also got hit by nine pitches and reached base on errors six times for 376 total times on base. He was intentionally walked 120 times in 2004. Mike Trout has 109 intentional walks in his 11-year career. That's it. I could keep going for hours, but oh my god. There there's something new to find every time you open up his baseball reference page. The new thing that I just found with Barry Bonds just now. The last time he struck out more than he walked in a year was when he was 23 years old. Played until he was 42. 23. That was his third year. His first three years, he struck out more than he walked. Year two and year three were about a difference of 10 between strikeouts and walks. And after that, he walked more than he struck out. Do you have the all-time war leaders in front of you? Uh, I can get them. Can you? Yeah. Because that's the most important thing here is that he was a maybe a first ballot Hall of Famer before he even took steroids. So once you have the war leaders up, let me know. Because yeah, I want to see him. where he ranks in his 13-year career before steroids in 90, after the 1998 season. What's the number? 99.9. 99.9. Oh, he just needed to get to the 100 threshold. Uh, 99.9 would put him at 32nd all-time ahead of Albert Pujols, Karo Yastrzemski, Eddie Matthews, Phil Necro, Cal Ripken Jr., Roberto Clemente, Burt Blylevin, Adrian Beltre, Al Kaline, Wade Boggs, Steve Carlton, Bob Gibson, Chipper Jones. Keep going. Pedro Martinez, Ken Griffey Jr., Nolan Ryan, Tom Glavin, Rod Carew, Jeff Bagwell, Pete Rose. Ahead of all these guys. Before by like he 10 took, wins. Before he took steroids. That... That doesn't count for 2001 to 2004. Probably the greatest stretch we've ever seen in professional sports for a superstar. Let's talk real quick about his age 39 season. Let's talk about his age 39 season. You want to rip through it or you want me to rip through it? You do it. I, I'm tired, honestly. I'm, I'm yeah, actually so... exhausted from just reading <laughs> his stats. Imagine him playing. <laughs> age... 39 season in 2004. That was his fourth straight MVP, his seventh uh, of his career. Obviously deep in the juice at this point. Oh, yeah. He led Major League Baseball with a 362 batting average, a 609 OBP, an 812 slugging, and an OPS of 1422. 1422. 22. That's a 263 OPS plus, the second best of his career, only behind 2002 when he was 37. This guy was walked 232 times. He struck out 41 times. 232 to 41. 
walking 232 times in 147 games, he still managed to hit 45 homers and 27 doubles. His war in 2004 alone was 10.6. And just to put the strikeout and walk numbers in percentages, his strikeout rate was 6.7%. His walk rate was 37.6%. And his home run rate was 7.3%. So he had a home run more than he struck out, and he walked nearly 38% of the time. They just stopped pitching to him. They stopped pitching to him, and when they did, he hit it out. The, okay, you ready for my hot take? Yeah. I'm. Oh, more Barry than Bonds, Barry Bonds is the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah. He's the greatest baseball player of all time. People are going to hate me. I still go Babe Ruth. I still do. I... I still do. I He had a higher career war. He pitched. I know it was his era, but he's also a guy who hit 60 home runs in a season. He has 700 and over 700 home runs. Uh, I'm fine with it. I'm not. I'm also not a guy who's going to say that's wrong. Like, I think you have the argument for Barry Bonds and you have the argument for Babe Ruth. It's very hard to compare over era. I will say Babe Ruth has the highest WRC plus of all time. And he has the most war of all time. But if we can't go between eras, because how would Barry Bonds... Imagine Barry Bonds, his stats in 1927. Oh, he'd probably well, hit 1,000. Got... He'd probably hit 180 <laughs> home runs with an on-base percentage of 1,000 and a slugging of 10,000. I don't even know. Could you calculate 150 home runs at 160 games? Well, what would the slugging percentage be there? I don't know. All I know is everybody would be saying, boy, this fella sure can hit the baseball. <laughs> that, was, that was great. They're probably like sitting, they're sitting 85. Bonds is like, let's go. I think it's time. All right. I think it's time. So after we've gone through and reviewed all the players on the Hall of Fame ballot, here is our official Just Baseball ballot. Do you want to start us off, Jack McMullen? You want me to just rip through the names? Yeah, you can rip through the names. I can rip through the names. I like a lot of the names. Yeah. Here, let's I'll go back and forth. Let's go back and forth. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. Number one, Barry Bonds is in the Hall of Fame. Number two, Roger Clemens is in the Hall of Fame. Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer. Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. So is Gary Sheffield. Andrew Jones is in the Hall of Fame in our book. Sammy Sosa makes the Hall of Fame. Manny Ramirez is a Hall of Famer. Alex Rodriguez gets in on the first ballot according to us. And the final person on the ballot is David Ortiz. So we'll run through that again. Barry Bonds... Roger Clemens, Scott Rowland, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, Sammy Sosa, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, and David Ortiz. So when you hear those names, a lot of steroid guys on that list. But we're letting the druggies in. But we're letting the druggies in. I love always letting the druggies in. But we also, 
remember we talked about this. We got some honorable mentions. So yeah. if you're not a steroid guy, which is actually totally understandable, if you think none of the steroid guys should should be in the Hall of Fame, I'm okay with that. And I'm honestly with you on some aspects of that. But with no steroids, Bobby Abreu is a Hall of Famer. Todd Helton should be a Hall of Famer. Kurt Schilling should be a Hall of Famer. Jeff Kent should be a Hall of Famer. And I had one more. Um, I think you can make a compelling argument for Mark Teixeira. Um, I think you can make a very compelling argument for Joe Nathan. I actually do. No way. No way. If Billy Wagner gets in, Joe Nathan is... If we're talking... Eh, probably not. No. But he Who gets has, in first? He deserves votes. Joe Nathan deserves to be on the ballot for a while, I think. Who who gets in first, Joe Nathan or Mark Burley? Joe Nathan. Joe Nathan gets disagree. in over Mark Burley. I, disagree. I think Burley has a better resume than Joe Nathan. What was Mark Burley's career era? Do you remember? Uh, not good. <laughs> Didn't strike anybody Burley out. Burley threw a perfect game and no hitter. <laughs> he won a World Series. Do you think Mark Burley makes it in over Mark Teixeira? Uh, no. All right, well. So we'll leave it at that. Why do you have to bring up Joe Nathan? <laughs> I do think Joe Nathan deserves a little bit more love. Nah, um, you know what? Joe Nathan, had a, Joe Nathan had a soul patch, and I don't really like soul patches, so I'm leaving him off. <laughs> that's just... Is that fair? That's incredibly stupid. Um, how about this? <laughs> how about this? That's very nice. Let's, let's debate one thing before we end the pod. Is there anybody who you might consider taking off the list for Todd Helton? I think you're... Because... No. That's the answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look, I don't... Not more than Scott Rowland. Not, uh, Billy Wagner should be like a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's the second best reliever of all time. Sammy Sosa, say what you want. He had 609 home runs. Um... Todd Helton was never as good as Sammy Sosa at Sammy Sosa's peak. And then Andrew no, Jones, never. I think, should make it over Todd Helton. Yeah, so I, I think if I'm taking somebody off of our ballot for Helton, it's either going to be Sosa or Gary Sheffield. Really? But I don't... Uh, yeah, yeah but, I, I, but I can't take Sosa or Sheffield off for Todd Helton. I would almost... Mm, there's no one I want to even... Um, is it bad that I uh, – the only person who I might take off is Andrew Jones for Helton? But I'm not. But I think Andrew Jones would be the 10th on this list. Or who do you think would be 10th on this list? I think Sheffield would be 10th. But Sheffield was insane. I know. Well, all these guys <laughs> yeah. are insane, dude. That's why they're getting a Hall of Fame votes. But Sheffield, this is hard. But I'd like our ten. But I shout like out Bobby Abreu. Fine, you should be fine. You know what? <laughs> shout out Papelbon. Fuck. If we're giving everybody shout outs, shout out Jonathan Papelbon. Shout out Andy Pettit. You know, steroid guy and wasn't didn't All quite right. make it. Who but... else have we not talked about? Shout out Tim Hudson. Jimmy Rollins was a beast. 
Yeah, shout out Ryan Howard, by the way, too. Let's just run through everybody on the ballot right now. Who have we not said? Jeff Kent? I don't know. Scott Ro- or uh, Omar Vizquel does not deserve a shout out. So, you know what? I'm unshout-outing Omar Vizquel. Okay. Shout out Tory Hunter. Shout out Tory uh, Hunter. Carl Crawford, Jake Peavy, Justin Morneau, Prince Fielder, Tim Lincecum, AJ Brzezinski. Shout out all the other guys that we didn't vote for. But those are our 10. Read it and weep. It is incredible that AJ Brzezinski found his name on the ballot. <laughs> like, yeah, that almost oh seems like God. a mistake slightly. Yeah, okay, sort of. Like, I remember going over that for the, another AJ. I remember going over that in the first podcast, like hearing you talk about it, like he was almost an all star. He had a decent odd base percentage. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> and then we get to Bonds, <laughs> and then it's like Bonds had more walks in one season than AJ Brzezinski like in his career. I don't know if that's exactly <laughs> true, but it's like it's it's. Oh, that was really, really fun, and I'm excited to start playing general manager next week because now we're done with the Hall of Fame. We finished that. Yeah. Now we're going to start fixing every single team. Then we're going to start breaking into every top 10 before the season starts, and then April 1st opening day if this Yeah, I think, uh, I think Pete, you actually just knocked out your microphone when you did that. Oh, good. Okay, so now, now that the audio sounds bad, hey— Happy New Year, everybody. Drink responsibly tonight. Find a safe ride home. It's going to be good. Uh, enjoy. Go Georgia. Um, I mean, go Cincinnati for sentimental value, but Alabama's a wagon, so that's that. Yeah, and, and Peter actually can't speak anymore because he was so adamant about uh, moving on. New Year, new us for the GM. So thank you, everybody, even though he's sitting right here.